Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. Clap your hands one last time, Lighthouse Church. You may be seated. We got a brand new sermon series that we are going into, and this sermon series is simply called Deeper. Deeper. This has been really something that if you really, really heard in my messages in November and December, I really was laying this foundation because it was this place that that I believe God was taking us as a church to, to go just a little deeper. So we're going to unpack this together in our time. And, um, and, but, but, but I believe that, that when I think about everything that God has done and, and how many are so excited for what God did in 2021? I mean, how many you just, just are so grateful for what he did in this church in 2021? Someone clap your hands if you're excited and just like, man, he did it. He did it in 2021. New building, new home, all the incredible blessings that come with it. But I really felt like God was saying, now that I've you know, I, I feel like God flexed on us in 2021. You know what I mean? Like, like, let me show you what I can do. You know, and then it was like miracle and blessing. I believe that after he kind of flexed on us in 2021, now he's like, but, but I need you to go a little deeper now because there is depth in God. So I've got this thought that I want to unpack together and it's simply the call to go deeper, the call to go deeper. When I look at the scriptures and when I look at the Bible and, and, and you know, I come from a Pentecostal background. So hearing this word deeper triggers a lot of emotions for me. And if any of you grew up with that sort of background as well, charismatic church background, you know, when you hear the word deeper, you're like, Oh, buckle up. My God, we're going deeper today. Now, and, uh, but I, but I really want to pull on some threads here with the word deeper and the word deep and what we find in the scriptures. And, and so I, I want to establish a foundation first and foremost, because again, some of you might be thinking, oh my God, the charismatic Pentecostal side of Pastor Josh is just going to go on full display in the month of January. Let me, let me just pull some scriptures for you all, because what I have found, and this is my first note if you're taking notes, is that Paul called the church to a deeper relationship with God. Paul called the church to a deeper relationship with God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 2. Paul writes to the church in Corinth. He says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. Okay, Paul, tell me how you really feel. I mean, he's just coming at them hot. He's like, I wanted to talk to you as people who live by the spirit, but you're still so worldly. You're infants in Christ. I gave you milk and not solid food for you were not yet ready for it. And indeed, you are still not ready. Man, how many would like to sit under Pastor Paul for a season when he's preaching like that? I mean, Paul, now the church in Corinth is a, is a church that he helped plant. Paul was a church planter, and he planted the church in Corinth, and he's so disappointed now. If you, if you, let me give you a little context in Corinth. So Paul plants the church in Corinth, and he's, he, he leaves the region to go start planting more churches, and when he is planting more churches, he gets a letter 
from people at the church of Corinth. And he gets a letter that basically tells him, Paul, it's going crazy out here in Corinth. And so he writes First and Second Corinthians as a response to the letter that he received about how the church in Corinth was going crazy. Just before the pandemic, I started a sermon series called Hot Mess. And it was all about the church of Corinth because it was a mess in Corinth. And think about that. Paul plants the church and he leaves to go start another church. And it's like the kids are going crazy. Like the kids are just wilding. And so when Paul writes these letters, he's not holding back the punches. And, And he tells them, I can't even address you as people who live by the spirit because you're just so worldly. But wrapped in all of that you know, in that discipline that he's giving them, he, he's letting them know you're still in Christ, you're still in church, but I'm giving you milk because you can't handle the meat. And so Paul was trying to, to, to provoke them to go beyond the elementary teachings of, of, of their belief and to go a little deeper. Tell your neighbor he wanted them to go a little deeper. He wanted them to go a little deeper. And, 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 and when I... I'm going to pause here, and I don't want to belabor this too much, but I'm just going to pause here. But, but Paul uses this language where he says, y'all still act like the world. And, and church, let me tell you that there should be a marked difference between you as a Jesus follower and someone who doesn't follow Jesus. There, there, there needs to be a marked difference between you and someone who does not follow Jesus. If you are one and the same, if people cannot tell you two apart, then you need to lean into what Pastor Paul is preaching here. Because there should be a difference between you who believes in Christ, you who have been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, you who is a follower of Jesus' teaching, than someone who has no knowledge of the Scriptures. Because, 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 listen, uh, the, we got the, the, the Bible doesn't call, call us and, and, and we are not filled with the spirit of God to just simply become good people. You can meet a lot of good people that don't have Jesus. A lot of good people. They ain't got Jesus. I mean, got some like good people. Like, you know, them. like, man, they need Jesus because they're just a good person. Then there's some crazy people and they're like, need, need Jesus. You know what I mean? Like they need them some Jesus. Like they're crazy. They need Jesus ASAP. But, but, but Paul is telling the church here, he said, you, I, I can't even talk to you about spiritual things. I, I want to talk to you about spiritual things, but, but you're just so worldly. And, and he's calling them out. Let me give you another scripture. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. Paul says this, although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. Let me just pause there. Look at this language that Paul's using. He's saying there are boundless riches in Christ. And and it's my responsibility to unfold this mystery to you. He's letting them know that that there's some stuff here that I want to unpack to you. There's some mystery here. There's some boundless riches in Christ that I have been anointed. I have been appointed to explain these things to you. He goes on to say, which for ages past was kept hidden. In God, who created all things, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I mean, that that, that's a lot right there. But now Paul's talking to the church in Ephesus and he is saying, I've got some mystery to explain to you all. 
There, there, there's some wisdom that was hidden in God that I want to explain to you. But again, he can only do that if they're living in the spirit. He can only do that if they're leaning into what God is saying. He can only do that for those that are hungry for the true word of God. This, this, this wasn't for everyone. This, this is for those who weren't content to just stay in comfortable, complacent Christianity, but for those who wanted to lean in and go a little deeper. Let me give you one more. Hebrews chapter 5, last one. Paul says this, we have so much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Again, Pastor Paul laying it on thick, right? Pastor Paul's talking to all the Jewish believers, those who were born Jew but have followed the teachings of Jesus. These are now your messianic Jews, and he's now giving it to them hard. He's saying, listen, I, I wanted to teach you, but you guys are still on the milk. Again, do you see how Paul draws us in? I'm just trying to give you a foundation. I'm giving you a thesis here that there is depth to God. Write that down if you're taking notes. There is depth to God. And Paul had an expectation that these Jews would be further along than they were. And he expected them to know more, but he's saying, you guys still have a hard time doing what's right. You guys know right and wrong, and you have a hard time doing what's right. Now, now as much as I read that and think, man, these Hebrews, I can be just like them. How many, how many of you have ever found yourself doing something you knew was wrong, but you just couldn't stop yourself from doing it? Pastor Josh has his hand up, okay? Don't get religious on me, all right? We've all been there before. We, we have all, even Pastor Paul was there. Go read the book of Galatians. Paul starts talking about his struggle with sin. He said, when I knew to do right, I still did wrong. And when I was doing wrong, I knew that it was wrong and I couldn't stop myself. So if Pastor Paul was struggling with this, we struggle with it too. And that's why we're fasting for 21 days. That we, we've got to bring our flesh under subjection and say, flesh, you're not in charge. I'm in charge. The spirit man is in charge. I've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's what's going to tell my body what to do, not the other way around. I mean, we understand this in the natural, right? I mean, you might want to eat ice cream with every meal of the day, but at some point, you know you shouldn't, right? Like, we know that some of you are like, really, Pastor Josh? Yeah, I mean, tell my son Jackson that, right? I mean, like, Every time Jackson's at my mom's house, it's ice cream. It don't matter if it's 8.30 in the morning, it's ice cream. And he gets it because he's at grandma's house. But, 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 but likewise, and, and that's a physical example, right? Because everything that tastes good isn't necessarily good for you, right? That's why some of you are like, man, I want to lose weight, but I love tacos. They're just too good. And, and, but but same, same now, now in the spiritual, same thing too. There's a lot of things that we give into that don't do anything to feed our spirits. It's junk food. I mean, could you binge watch 10 episodes of Cobra Kai in one setting? Could you? But should you? <laughs> I mean, is it good for you? I mean, like, kids are going crazy burning down the house. Could you keep it down? I'm episode eight. I'm almost there. It's like, like there's things you could, you could do, but you shouldn't do it. You, you shouldn't do it. it. Again, Pastor Paul talks about this. He says all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Basically, he was saying just because you could doesn't mean that you should. 
And, and so, so Paul here, coming back over here, Paul establishing this thesis, okay, that there is depth to God, that, that there is depth to God. So, so how many of you all track with me? How many can agree and say, okay, Pastor Josh, you made your point. There is depth to God. So, so what do I do with that depth? Okay, God wants me to go deeper. Pastor Paul points it out. Now explain to me what exactly is deeper. So let me pull out two scriptures for you. They're gonna, they might seem a little odd until I exegete them for you, and I'm going to break it all down for you. But there's, there's, there's a couple of scriptures that I think are, are, are two amazing illustrations they they illustrate so well what it means to go deeper in God and and they're on the person Joseph do y'all know who Joseph is in the book of Genesis and the Bible okay so Joseph was one of the 12 sons of Jacob he was sold into slavery eventually makes his way to Egypt rises up to be the second in command over all of Egypt and his 11 brothers that sold him into slavery got to come down bow down to him but you know long story short Joseph needed to go to Egypt because he migrated all the Hebrews into Egypt and that's where the Hebrew nation would grow that they, they come in as a few hundred they leave as they, they leave as millions so they go in as thousands and they leave as millions and yes if you know the full story there's some slavery mingled in there but by the time the Jews left Egypt they went in as thousands and they left as two million about two million people so they grew to about two million in Egypt and all of that was made possible by the forerunner Joseph somebody say Joseph so let me read this scripture to you Joseph is a fruitful vine a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall with bitterness archers attacked him now now the archers are his brothers okay so this passage of scripture this is this is um Joseph's father giving a blessing over Joseph uh, his father's about to die and now he's blessing Joseph that's what we're reading here and so his dad said with bitterness archers attacked him it's kind of strange because like the dad could have said with bitterness his brothers attacked him but like his dad is using like story here I wonder if he's using story because he's got his own insecurities in here. Like he couldn't even keep his own sons in line. You know what I'm saying? Like it was his sons that tried to kill another one of us. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm digressing here. I'll unpack that later on Father's Day. But with bitterness, archers attacked him. They shot at him with hostility, but his bow remained steady. His strong arms stayed limber. Because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of your father's God who helps you, because of the almighty who blesses you with blessings. Now watch this. Blessings of the sky above and blessings of the deep. Somebody say deep. Blessings of the deep springs below, blessings of the breast and womb. That's, that's one passage of scripture where Jacob is pronouncing blessings over his son, Joseph. Now let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 13. Just one verse here where now Moses. Now this is, again, this is Jacob. This is, this is, you know, pronouncing blessings on Joseph just before Jacob's about to die. You know, daddy's about to die and go to heaven, and he's just giving his final words over his son. Now Moses, who, who comes hundreds of years later, they still look to Joseph again because he was first into Egypt, and because he rose to position in Egypt, it allowed for all the Hebrews to go into Egypt and grow and grow and grow and grow, and eventually they leave Egypt stronger, two million people, and, and they now make their way to the promise land but but li listen to what Moses says about Joseph may the Lord bless his land with the precious dew from heaven above and with the deep waters that lie below there there's that word deep one more time because we're talking about going deeper and, and and here's what I want you to get here if you look at the life of life of Joseph and and we don't have time to unpack everything but the reason he had favor with both God and with man is because he pursued righteousness. Somebody say righteousness. 
Righteousness is simply doing the right things for the right reasons. And Joseph, time and time again, was in this pursuit of righteousness. And even though the world, even though his brothers lied on him, the Bible goes on to say that he was falsely accused of trying to rape someone. He was thrown in prison. He he um, he did so much to help other people. And when other people had the opportunity to reciprocate the help towards him, they didn't do it. And yet, in all of that, Joseph was faithful. Somebody say faithful. Joseph was someone who was constantly praying to God. Joseph was someone that stayed upright even when everything was going crazy against him. And then here when Moses pronounces blessings over him and when his father Jacob pronounces blessings over him, we use this, there's this word deep that's in there. Both people talk about you're going to be blessed from above and you're going to be blessed from the deep. Now, now this word deep, it, it, it's, it's, it's used, it has multiple meanings primarily when you look at it. Literally, it's talking about the depths of the ocean how many of the oceans are like deep deep like there's depths of the ocean that we don't even have the capacity the technology to get down deep enough and the bible uses that as an illustration to talk about the depths of god time and time throughout the scriptures it'll talk about how there is depths to god and it'll talk about how out of the deep we can find god and it uses that analogy to really say that there's so much that we can find in god and and and, and there really is a never-ending search for him if you look for him if you desire to go deeper in god you can go deeper in god and it doesn't matter you never get to this place of arriving you'll never get at this place where i've discovered everything there is to know about god I mean, I, I crack up. I, I, get, I get tickled whenever an 18-year-old person's got their theology all worked out. I talk to some people. They're like 18 years old. I've got my theology worked out. I'm like, really? Because I'm like, you know, 41, and I'm still trying to figure this stuff out. I mean, I, I thought I had it settled, and then I read that verse, and I'm like, oh, I never saw it like that before. Oh, my God. Like, really? And, and, and I'm constantly being challenged and changed and, and constantly being faced with the truth of God's word and reassessing everything that I've known, reassessing everything that I've been taught. There's some depth to God, and there's a place that he's leading into, into this depth. But, but here in this passage of Scripture, let me, let me unpack what the, both of these prayers, both of these blessings are saying. It's saying that there are blessings that came over Joseph's life from above and from the deep. It doesn't say this about a lot of people, but it's saying that there's blessings over his life that they came from heaven and they came from the depth of the earth. Think about that for a second. Blessings that come down and blessings that we're that are also flowing up. And, and so th- this is where I was led to this point. As we ascend upward in our search of God, he descends downward with his work in us. Just put that, if you're taking notes, put that on the screen right now. As we ascend upward in our search of God, he descends downward in his work within us. So when we're trying to go deeper in God, when we enter into times of prayer and in fasting, and we, we are trying to seek real change in our life, he begins to descend down and said, now I'm going to do a work in you. Yeah. Think about that for a second. We're, we're, we're trying to 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 reach him we're trying to be more like him we're trying to experience change and while we are doing that he starts a work on the inside of us this is another thing that i wrote down in order to go deeper in god we must allow god to do a deep work in us in order to go deeper in god we must allow him to do a deep work in us so so it's this upward motion and it's this downward motion we're, we're trying to grow deeper in god and he's doing a deep work on the inside of us and I think this is why some people stop. 
I really do. I, I believe this is why some people, when they are trying to grow and go deeper in God and God starts messing with them, they pull the plug. They're like, oh, well, it's about as far as I want to go. It's about as far as I, because not everyone's willing to allow their theology to be challenged. Not everyone's uh, allowed, not everyone is willing to let their traditions be challenged. A lot of people are afraid to admit that maybe what they were taught wasn't the truth. I mean, and, and God bless what we were taught, right? Did I tell you about the story about my mom in the movies? See, I grew up in a very, you know, Pentecostal background. You know what I'm saying? Like everything was the devil. You know what I mean? It's like everything was worldly. And my mom had me so convinced that going to the movies was a sin that I, I'd be like, Mom, I want to go watch this movie. She goes, and what are you going to do if God comes in the middle of the movie? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I guess I'm going to hell. <laughs> And she had me so convinced. I mean, I could be watching The Passion of the Christ, but if I was in the theater, I was going straight to hell. I love you, Mom. As I got a little older, I was like, Mom, knock it off with that. And it was just like, she was just trying to keep me in line, though. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 I, and I grew up in that type of church, and I remember having questions. And then you get these scriptures that are not even in context. I'm like, wait a second, why is it a sin to go to the movies? Well, the psalm said, you know, you shouldn't sit in the seat of the scornful. And if you're going in the theaters, there's scornful people in there. And you're sitting in their seat. I'm like, if I ride the bus, I'm sitting in the seat of the... When I go to school, I'm sitting in the seat. It's like, how does this make any sense? And, and, I, and I found that in order to go deeper, you have to be willing to ask yourself the questions and then allow God to do a deep work inside of you. Are, are you willing to let God rewrite everything you know? And, and this is what Paul dealt with. And if you go to the, the book of Philippians, he starts talking about, you know, his upbringing. He starts talking about how I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. I was circumcised on the eighth day, TMI, Paul. And he just starts going in like to like, like uh, his lineage and, 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 and his pedigree. And then he says this, but forgetting those things which are behind me, and pressing on towards the things which are before me. I'm pressing to reach the prize of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. And I think we as a church here, Lighthouse, are trying to reach to what's ahead of us. We're willing to say, okay, okay, I know that's what I was taught growing up, but what does the Bible say? I know that's what I heard in the church growing up, but what does Jesus really say about this? This is why you got to get in the Bible for yourself. Sometimes I'll, I'll quote scriptures and you're like, is that in the Bible? It's in there. It's the red letters, meaning Jesus said it. And, 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 and so in order to go deeper in God, we must allow him to do a deep work in us. Lighthouse, this is why we're in prayer and fast. I want God to do a deep work in you. Uh, the nothing, nothing brings me greater joy than when you say, I, Pastor, I found this passage in the Bible and God spoke this word over my life. And I want to, like, dance with you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, that's good. That's amazing. And, and, and part of the reason we're starting our leadership college is I need you going deeper. Because there are big plans that we have for Lighthouse Church, future campuses. We, you know, I, I enjoy, let me just say this. I enjoy helping plant churches where we send money to help. But there's going to come a day when we're going to actually send pastors out of Lighthouse Church. Just a few people. Thank you, Peter and Ruthie. Thank you. <laughs> 
Everyone else is like, come on, really? There's going to come a day where we're not just going to be sending money to New York to other people. No, there's going to be people out of here coming trained right out of our Bible college, and they're going to go and plant churches, and we're going to invest heavily into them. That's the goal right there. The goal is not to build this big following. The goal is to send. I heard one preacher say it this way. Our sending power should be greater than our seating capacity. We should have a capacity to send that is greater than our capacity to seat. I'm not trying to be the biggest show in town. I want to send people out. But we've got to get people that are willing to go deeper. The deeper you go in God, the more you allow them to do a deep work in us. Now, I'm going to come to a close now, but I want to read a few more scriptures to you because um, I, I began to, again, I've been on this, this thought of deep and, and studying this word deep. And what does it mean to go deeper? And there were a few verses in there that just blew my mind. How many ever read the Bible and something just slapped you? You're like, wait a second. I've read that my whole life. I've never looked at it that way before. Well, some verses slap me, and I hope they slap you this morning too. <laughs> but I was reading, the, I was doing this word study on deep, and I started seeing these scriptures here, and, 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 and I read this here in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Let's get it on the screen. It says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Again, you see this word deep. And the first time we see this word deep, it precedes God getting ready to create. There's the word deep. And, and, and God is hovering over, not the shallow, but the deep. Not the complacent, but the deep. The spirit of God was moving over what was deep. And if you're willing to go deeper in God, I think you invite the spirit of God to start hovering over your life. You invite the presence of God to start hovering over things in your life. How many want the presence of God hovering over your home? I have found God do, every time we've been in a, a season of prayer and fasting, I just feel the spirit of God hovering over my home. I, I, I will find things in times of prayer and fasting that I just can't find when I'm not fasting. I, I will hear from God in ways that are so much clearer that I just don't hear from him when I'm not in prayer and fasting. Why? Because I believe the spirit of God hovers over deep things. And when we have a desire to go deep, I believe his spirit hovers. But it's not there. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 21. There's another place where I found this too. So the Lord God caused man, Adam, to fall into a deep sleep. And not just a sleep, like a deep sleep. Okay? And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. God created woman out of Adam. He pulls woman out of Adam, but it doesn't happen until Adam is what? Deep in sleep. When Adam was in a deep sleep, there's that word again, deep, all of a sudden God creates something out of him. It wasn't just any type of sleep, but it was a deep sleep. And because he went into deep sleep, the Bible says now Eve is pulled out of him. Let me give you one more scripture. Genesis chapter 15. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. I don't have time to read all the scriptures in there, but let me get to verse 18. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said, to your descendants, I give this land. Now, let me unpack it for you, just in the interest of time. I didn't read it everything, but when Abram went into a deep sleep, God showed him the promised land. Abram, not Abraham. God hadn't even changed his name yet. He hadn't even, I mean, this was still Abram, old identity. And yet when he went into a deep sleep, God prophetically showed him not just the promised land, but if you read all those verses that I just skipped just for the sake of time, God showed him prophetically that, that 
that the, that the Jews would have to go into Egypt for 400 years and then they would come out of Egypt and they would multiply in Egypt. He gives them all of that and goes, and then I'm going to take you to a promised land. When did that happen? When Abraham was in deep sleep. Think about that for a second. The land that Abram saw, the land that today is occupied, today, what is now present-day Israel, God showed Abram that thousands of years ago. When? In a deep sleep. And I saw it in the Psalms. I saw it in the Proverbs. Every time I saw that word deep, and I, again, for the sake of time, I can't show you every scripture, but I began to see this thing. This is the last thing I'm going to leave you with. God does his best work in the deep. God does his best work in the deep. Hovers over the deep. He pulls Eve out of Adam. He shows Abram the promise. All of these things happened in the deep. All of these things happened when people were going beyond just what was on the surface, beyond what was just normal. I've made this statement here. And I've probably messed with you when I've told you guys this. Heaven is not the goal, right? We, we've made that statement. I think there's, there, there's a version of Christianity that says, just get to heaven, you're going to be okay. But I don't find that in the Bible. Again, go, go search the scriptures. We're not called to go to heaven. We're called to be like Jesus. Heaven is easy. But, but when you grow up in a, in a religion where heaven is hard, they, 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 and so heaven becomes our goal because it's just so hard to get into heaven. I'm like, well, wait a second. Grace tells me that he's already died for my sins. Grace tells me that all I have to do is repent and accept him as my Lord and Savior, live a repentant lifestyle. I mean, that's easy. I don't have to do the hard work because Jesus did the hard work. We make it sound like we have to do the hard work. And if you go to a church that teaches that you have got to do the hard work, then you don't need Jesus because you're your own Savior. But I can't do the hard work. That's why Jesus did the hard work. And because Jesus did the hard work, I just have to receive what he's already done. That's the good news. So, so heaven is just happens when we're on our way to becoming more like Jesus. But to become more like Jesus, that's some work. But it's a good type of work. It's an incredible place to be where we're becoming more like him, where our, the way that we talk changes, the way, that we, we, to, to, the way that we treat other people changes, the way our family reacts with each other changes. When Jesus comes into our life, everything changes. That's the place where true transformation happens. That's the place where a deep work is done within us. That's where I want to be, Lighthouse Church. So I'm not here preaching heaven is the goal. Heaven's the byproduct of you becoming more like Jesus. But how many of you I want to become more like Jesus. That's the goal right there. I want to be like him. I'm not trying to be some religious, watered-down version of what the church has told me I'm supposed to be. He didn't come to modify my behavior. He came to fill me with the power of his spirit. Uh, the church is not supposed to be a place of behavior modification. It's supposed to be a place of empowerment where the power of his Holy Spirit so fills you that when you leave the tent and when you go to work and when you go to school and when you're at home and when you're with your family, you are affecting change everywhere you go because Jesus is on the inside of you. Jesus is on the inside of you. He's doing a deep work on the inside of you. So my purpose, Lighthouse Church, is that we would all go deeper in God. 
that, that we would just say, you know what, I just want to go deeper in him. I don't know where it's going to take me. It might upend some things in my life, but I want more of him. Would you just close your eyes and just bow your heads right there where you're at? And if, if you want more of him, if, if, if that's your heart's desire, if, if in 2022 you've resolved to do a lot of things, but I hope that at the top of your resolution list is a desire to be more like Jesus. Would you just lift your hands right there where you're at and just lean into his presence right now. Just begin to tell him, Father, in this year I want to be more like you. Father, in everything that happens this year, and I've got goals, and I've got visions, and I wrote them down, and I'm, I'm making my checklist, and, and I'm getting everything aligned, but God, none of that matters if I'm not more like you. None of that matters if I'm not being changed by you. None of that matters if your word has not changed me. None of that matters, Father, if I'm not becoming more like you. Father, that's my heart's desire. Father, that's my prayer. Father, that's what I want to do in this year, just to become more like you. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.